Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can you get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to The Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it. But I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Welcome back to another week of the Neurodivergent Nurse. And this week, I have two of my favorites. If you are a patron, then you know I actually have a top list of people that I would love to have on this podcast. And guys, this week I have them. I want to introduce to you Darcy Michael and Jane. Darcy is, they're they're both comedians. Darcy has a huge presence on TikTok. Jane is a beautiful actress on The Mighty Ducks, and they both do tours whenever it's safe to do. Mm-hmm. And both of them have ADHD as well. So they graciously agree to come and be on this show to talk to you guys, to talk to me, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. So welcome, and thank y'all so much for taking the busy time out of your day to sit here and hang out with me for a bit. But I could listen to you talk for days. I know. I was it's like, so mm, relaxing. I should yeah. get a glass of wine. Let's do this. <laughs> I, <laughs> this is not water. It's actually wine in a cup to like. Got to get through. What time so is it So it looks good. What time is it there? Like Does five? it matter? No, it's four. No, it's no. Uh, four twenty-three. Four twenty. Yeah. Mm. Oh, perfect. Four twenty. Let's go. No. I worked night shift for years, so I feel like wine anytime is acceptable. I have that excuse now. So listen, yeah. do it. Do it. I say that way too much, and that's always what I have to edit out of my podcast. I apologize. <laughs> How long ago did you two get diagnosed? Did you have, were you diagnosed in childhood or as an adult? I was diagnosed as an adult. I was diagnosed five years ago. To be honest, it wasn't even ever, anything ever on my radar. And I think I was always just kind of, I think people around me just always thought I was kind of aloof and flaky and just going to do my own selfish thing all the time until I was working with another writer. (laughs) It's true. Like my parents were always just like, my parents were like, well, Darcy's kind of an asshole that way. Like he's just going to do his thing. And we just let him. And I was working with a writer in LA on this project and he said, he was like, how long have you had ADHD? And I was like, okay. (laughs) Uh, And then it just kind of stuck with me and I started thinking about it. And then I went and did the online test and my husband did the test as if he was me as well. And we were both like, oh, like, especially the thing that hit me the most was how many jobs have you had? And I was like, before comedy, I was like, I think I had 40 jobs, you know, like, and I started comedy at 23. So I'm talking from 16 to 23. I was all over the place. And I was like, well, this is telling. And like, it's, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely, I look back at it sometimes and think like, wow, how different my life could have been had I known and how much more confident I am since knowing. That's the big thing is like the diagnosis has given me freedom, you know, and if anything, uh, because of how we approach it on social media with our TikTok and our Instagram and stuff, it's more kind of solidifying seeing the reactions from people and knowing that we are far from alone and there is no shame in our, our symptoms, our, you know, the side effects, et cetera. Isn't it a breath of fresh air to know that your existence is 
okay. I don't know if you yes. guys would call yourself the same names that I would call myself. I'm like, I'm lazy. I'm a slob. Absolutely. Or, everything. I'm not it's like you're in my brain. Yeah. No, I, it's executive dysfunction. Now, mind you, I will go off about this really quick. ADHD is the worst named disorder. <laughs> In the medical industry, yep. it should not be because, it, you know, even doctors, especially doctors that have been doing it for 20 years, they don't look at ADHD like they do nowadays. It should just be called the executive dysfunction. But yeah, we, I look at like, the, what's the song that's always playing? Anytime I read a comment about someone being like, oh, I feel seen, I always in my head go, you are not alone. <laughs> you know, that, is that boys to men? I don't even know. I think so. I think so, yes. <laughs> I might have dated myself. But. No, no, you didn't. What about you, Jane? Yeah. When were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed a year ago. Maybe like today is the anniversary. Yeah, um, I think about now. Happy anniversary. Yay. I'm glad you're spending it with me. Thanks yeah. a lot. <laughs> me too. It's, I can't have cake. Yeah, I we're could. celiac. It was a doctor specialist for weight loss and knew her from 10 years earlier and outright was like, I don't know how I missed this 10 years ago, Jane, and mm-hmm. then did stuff. And then when I phoned Darcy right away, because we talk around 10 to 20 times a day, he's <laughs> like, well, I told you because he had said it to me. I'm like, in what my head, in my brain of what I perceived someone and what is told in the media and all of that, and it's getting better, was the person that's destructive, fidget, all those things. It made sense. I'm learning a lot, especially the rejection sensitivity. That, And then being late, like I always just was like, I'm so lazy. Like I would look at my room that was a mess before I, and I would look and be like, I have to clean my room. And I would have like a list of things to do and I would do other stuff and never an order all over the map, but I would look at my room and I would just get overwhelmed and I wouldn't do it. But I thought it was cause I'm dyslexic. So that's a thing under there as well, but that is very ADD. <laughs> and then now I'm like, okay, let's do it. And I'll dive in rather than like, Oh, just overwhelming like fear and like weighted on my shoulders was before, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. What do you think life would have been like if you were diagnosed earlier? Like if you were diagnosed during childhood, what do you think life would look like for you now or even growing up? Probably an Olympic athlete and then <laughs> doctor pr- and a and the prime minister. I think it's very human nature to look back with the kind of regret and go, oh, it could have been so much different. I would hope that I would have gotten the tools that I have today that would have helped me feel less sad, less depressed, less anxious, less mad at myself for not being able to do things, for canceling plans last minute, for doing all sorts of different things, for getting so much stuff. I refuse to look back with regret though, because it's just something I can't change. I know today that I have the tools, like even Jane talking about cleaning her room. I, you know, like one of the things coaching has taught me is that, you know, yeah, if I'm looking at a room that is a disaster, it's overwhelming and I'm not going to do it. But if I say to myself, pick up that t-shirt, fold it and put it away then the next t-shirt is so much easier to fold and put away. And then the next thing I know, the laundry's in the machine, the the floor is visible, the dishes in the kitchen are clean. Like when I, I it used to be, I'd leave myself a, I'd write lists because everyone with ADHD needs to write lists. <laughs> That's this list, uh, list, list. <laughs> and it would, the, the list would be like, clean the house. And it's like, no, now the list has to be specific, right? Put the dishes in the dishwasher. You know, like the, the more you can check off that list, the more little dopamine hits you're giving your yourself while still being productive. And so it's, uh, 
it's knowing that I have those tools today. I'm just, I'm super grateful for that. But yeah, I think I'd probably have a full-time job somewhere and like, I don't know, maybe, who knows? But it, I would have been, sorry, a better student, I feel. That I yeah. very much, I would like eyes open, science and stuff that I don't, I just would go, but that's just, like, I, turn off. Can I disagree with you for a second on that one? Because okay. I don't think it's our fault that the education system failed us. I think it's the education system that failed us. And regardless of whether I'm on I don't think it's my fault. No, I'm no. saying just for but, me now, of yeah. like focus and learning they, lines and stuff, Darcy. It's so sure. much easier, right? It like, is. But I feel like we, the education system set up against people with neurodivergency from the get go. Like I have to learn physically and visually. You can't tell me anything because I'm not going to retain it. I'm the same. I, and that's I, dyslexia I, too, I would say. For, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I just think we would be less hard on ourselves had we known 20 years earlier. Oh for yeah, sure. for sure. Because now but the I, foundation is built with this structure of this is how we've lived for 35, 40 years. This is how we felt about ourselves this whole time. And so it's trying to like reverse those feelings. But I also think it shapes us. Cause like I was worried, as you know, when I first started taking the medication that mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, my standup is very stream of consciousness. I'm like, oh, I'll lose that. Cause Darcy probably took, I don't know, maybe three months, six months, how I talk. I'm usually here. And then I'm like, ha -ka! and I'll just yeah. bring something in that makes especially before Vivans, I'll bring it in. And I thought it was just a me thing or my family, but I'm 99% sure my whole family has it too. But it's just made everything clearer, if I can make that, like with the medication, right? Like I didn't lose, I was just scared. I don't know if you guys were of that. It was going to like change me, my personality. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Mm. I think that's the case anytime we're making changes to our mental and physical bodies that I'm funny because of ADHD, for sure. It's a part of masking. It's always been the case. And so I'm grateful for it. Like, I, I'm i the first person to say ADHD is a superpower. Like, I, I'm an amazing artist because of it. You know, like, I, I'll dive in and hyperfixate on how to do something. Like, my husband put out a video... A couple months ago on TikTok, celebrating my hyper fixations, like showing like Darcy wanted a barn door. And so I learned how to make one myself and it's beautiful and like decorating our house or fixing things around the house, that kind of stuff. And we can point to that stuff more like my buddy... Connor DeWolf, who's a, a mm -hmm. TikToker as well. Him and I are constantly texting back and forth about our newest like talent being like, hey, I learned how to knit. And he's like, hey, I learned how to draw this beautiful portrait. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> like, Just sends me a portrait of me. I will add, even though Connor obviously is also a huge presence on TikTok, I just want to reiterate, you two are my goal. <laughs> I just love you guys so much. And I love your podcast. High oh, school thank sucked. You. Thank you. Yeah. I was asked in November, I went to a nurse's podcon where we did like a live podcasting event, which was super cool in Nashville. And one of the guys asked me, he said, okay, if you could have anyone on your show, who would it be? Who's your top three? I'm like, well, I'll tell you Jane and Darcy. And then the <laughs> other one's Dak Shepard, but you guys uh, ranked higher than Dak Shepard. Uh, hey, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take yeah. it. I think. The trick for our podcast has always been, let's just talk to each other like we talk on the phone. Let's mm -hmm. be real. And and vo we're vulnerable at times. We're fucking idiots a lot of the time. Yes. But and enjoy. Uh, real and honest. And we're both that way. Any like Darcy's yeah. himself. I'm. You know what I mean? Like, and... 
almost I mean, detrimentally first, so. <laughs> our first episode, if I can, like, I want to say this because we were t- doing the first episode and then we were just like, blah, 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 like our very first episode. And literally Darcy went, how was high school to me? And I went, oh, it was good. And then I blurted out that I tried to kill myself. And then Darcy did too. And then we didn't know that yeah. to me. Like, we didn't know we were going to say mm-hmm. that in any mm-hmm. means. Never. Yeah, I almost didn't want to put that episode out because it was like well, my it. first one. Jesus. Yeah, and like, let's do a trigger warning. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but yeah, I mean, we enjoy it. And I'm glad I, and happy, obviously, that if you get that feeling from both of us, you know what I mean? Yeah, the only time where I was like, oh, I'm just going to have to fast forward because I listened to y'all on my way to work was with your pet. And I was also the one who sent you a message. Oh like, my hey, God, yes. Yeah. You're beautiful. Thank you so much. I didn't. Okay. I got it yeah, right. Yeah. With like you said the it. necklace that I oh, still yeah. Yeah. wear like a year oh. and a half later. But, you know, when you went through that with your pet, I'm like, I can't listen to this. I'm just like crying on the way. It's you know, a tough I'm gonna have one. To deal with, yeah. It's a tough one. We it get a lot of. My heart yeah. broke for you. I oh. completely understand. So, yeah. But I just, you know, appreciate the rawness and the reality too that you can, you know, people that I can relate to and thanks for what y'all do. uh, Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. We live pretty openly on there. And I think that's what, you know, like when you listen to the beginning of the podcast, the first like probably eight episodes is very much about our guest and stuff. And we started to realize, Hey, like if we open this with just a conversation with the two of us, I think it's going to be a little more, it gives people more of a chance to follow along with our life story and stuff. And it's gotten to the point where, you know, like half our audience doesn't listen to the interviews because they're just like, I'm just here for the updates. Like I just love listening to this talk. And then the odd episode where we take mushrooms and just talk to each other. That was great too. Darcy, I will say, when was that Darcy? Three years ago, four. And he's like, you should try my microdosing. I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's been four years for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did mushrooms once when I was younger and I did too much. And I was like, I don't want to be talking to like a zebra that's not there. Ah." And then it just was like having two glasses of wine, like Lucy and laugh and like things are a bit, but it was amazing. And you don't feel hungover. Yeah, I'm a proponent for microdosing and the research they're doing on it for a a bunch of different reasons. But the lasting effects after that evening of taking a dose is what actually gives you the benefit. Like when you take a dose on a Tuesday and you're still feeling good on a Thursday because it's just that little reset, just that little like, hey, we're going to chill out. We're going to calm our brain down. And then the odd time you just take a giant dose and go, oh, I can see lizards talking (laughs) to me through the grass. Those are the times that you can feel sound on your skin. Is yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I am, am a, yes. a piano. <laughs> I am a piano. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have another question. I have one of the patrons because I asked them if there were any questions that they would want asked to the two of you. And one of them said, I'm going to quote what she wrote. You can be funny and not have ADHD, but I'm sure that I haven't met anyone who has ADHD that is not 
hilarious. <laughs> what do you think it is about neurodivergent humans that tap into this particular trait? Think differently. I, I, I think know. it's partially a defense mechanism because we're constantly having to defend ourselves and our actions and to do it with deflecting humor is just an easier way of doing it. I also genuinely believe, and this is, you know how they say we use 10% of our brain. I believe that we use 11%, you know, like I believe that we just have, we, or we use a different 10%. Mm -hmm. I, I, I believe that we have access to different parts of our brains that neurotypicals don't. And you just have to look at the success of ADHD people when it comes to inventors, when it comes to CEOs, when it comes to comedians and actors and uh, musicians, the, the list is massive and there's a reason for it. We're just tapped in creatively differently. We just, don't do the other shit well. <laughs> 100%. I'm going to add what you said 100% of what I said at the beginning of like, I think it is also a different, we're looking at stuff differently. Yeah. Because of who we are and our, like my problem solving is going to be very different to someone that is not ADD. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? hundred percent. Like I, with math even like, or certain things I'll be like, Oh, I got here. And someone's like, how did you get there? I'm like, I, like, I can't explain stuff most yeah, of the time. The way I, I don't do know, math but in I my head drives Jared crazy. He had me write it out one day <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, that's how I get to it. You know? I don't even do that. They used to think I cheated in the test because I would have the right answer. But they're like, well, where's the work? I'm like, in my head. They're like, mm -hmm. we'll write it down. I'm like, mm -mm, it's just it's there. Just and, there. It, and I don't know how to get it out. But I, I think looking at stuff differently. And I thought before that that's just how everyone kind of looked at the mm -hmm. world. That makes sense. Yeah. I took physics last semester, which was the first time that I've taken a class medicated and I made an A and I haven't been in a classroom yes, setting in did. over 10 years. What? But there were times that the professor would write on my test and he's like, what? Question mark. I would get the question right, but he had no <laughs> idea like what the work About, he was showing and oh, that's so how this organized. All right. Another question that they wanted me to ask was, does it ever get your ADHD? Does it ever get to be too much for your loved ones? I mean, whether it's your husband, Darcy, or <laughs> parents, friends, whatever. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think it gets too much for me some days. The thing we don't talk about a lot on TikTok, because we try to show the positive sides, is we can be emotionally temperamental, you know, like we can snap really quickly. Flash emotions. Uh, yeah. And it can be a little volatile to, to live with. It's something that I've worked really, really hard to control over the last few years. But I think there are times where, you know, like I have to acknowledge that I'm overwhelmed and that I, you know, like something's going to set me off and I just have to remove myself for a bit. So yeah, I, I sympathize with Jer's patience so much because, you know, like if it's just sometimes we have a really small kitchen and if there's, you know, a lot of noise happening, if we have people over and I'm trying to do something and Jer's in the way and I snap, then mm -hmm. we both are like, this isn't anything to do with what's happening. It's just overstimulated, overwhelmed. And yeah, it's, you know, like it's not something I talk about with uh, pride or anything. I'm quite, you know, like it's the one thing that I do feel quite shameful for sometimes is how quickly it doesn't happen often anymore. Thank God. But there's definitely uh, 
times that I look back and, you know, especially for our daughter, Grace, because all this stuff happened before we understood what it mm-hmm. was. So, you know, like raising her and having a temper is something that I just, you know, like I, I, I apologize to her all the time about it. And she sees the change, you know, like she sees the work I've put in to become better. But Jane and I snap at each other all the time. No. Uh, yo, yeah, you, you should you should hear the shit that doesn't make the podcast. Darcy, shut up! You're killing me. What was the question? <laughs> but what was the question? Um, does it ever get too much for your loved ones? Hundred percent. I can say literally it's the rejection sensitivity. It's also of the snap of like my temper, I've worked on that, but I was always like, oh, red, like the stupid redheads and hot temper. But like, I'm like, I just acted like a child. There was no need for that. Like also going to a counselor, but I'm like, I'm acting. And then stuff I think right now talking to you, like me and Darcy have had with each other, rejection sensitive stuff that we're just like, oh, like, and then when we've taken the time, because we've known each other, like, I didn't mean it like that. And we're like, oh, and then I can now look, go, oh, that was me reacting because of this. Do you know what I mean? Back and forth of like, and I'm learning, like when Darcy did that, I have shivers. When he told me, I was like, what? (laughs) I just started, I went on a deep dive of tears in my eyes, like literally was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, and it just, uh, like a rain, everything's making sense. My family, not so much. They do understand, but they don't. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can count on both hands, like, probably six really great relationships that I ruined because of rejection sensitivity. Uh, And, like, to the point that I want to be, like, I'm almost at AA and write them letters to make amends. But I'm like, you know, that's not on me because you're also an asshole that didn't stick around. So fuck you. But, like, Jane, I didn't even talk to you about this. We had a really intense podcast recording on Monday. Uh, It's Wednesday today. And normally after the podcast, Jane always calls me. Like we finish the podcast and my phone rings two minutes later and yeah. Jane didn't call me. And I, three times in the afternoon, I said to Jane, well, she's pissed. Something, <laughs> I said something that pissed her off. And then like the third time Jer goes, are you sure? Or are you just being sensitive? And I was like, oh, I should just call her. <laughs> and then I called and we talked and I was like, oh yeah, she's fine. I'm just being a little bitch. Though <laughs> so it is that, that of learning how to deal. I was like, oh, that's in my head. And it's not like a the negative. It is that, that I'm like, I just built something up out of someone being like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm like, what is that? Oh, because I yeah. haven't been out. Like, I'm like, why am I right away? I'm going to get, I'm in West Side Story and we're going to have a fight or something. There's no need for that. Realizing that. <laughs> so, yeah. Jane, with your ADHD growing up, like woman to woman, did you struggle with social anxiety? Did you ever go through those? Being a comedian and being on stage or being an actress, people saw you for the talent that you had, right? But if you had to walk into a group of people that you didn't know to meet someone for dinner reservations, did you have that anxiety and struggle that people were going to see you as not being the talented comedian, but you as just Jane? Yeah. I mean, I think Darcy knows this. I skipped school if I had an oral presentation. I wouldn't go. Like Mm -hmm. I failed socials Mm -hmm. nine, I think two or three times when I switched to a semester school so I could do it. And then I hated talking that wasn't my word. Like 
scripts were fine too, but like if it was history, cause I was like, if I get it wrong or if I say it, that's dyslexia too. But like, I would be just skip, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, not go work. I switched schools. I could use my sense of humor, if that makes sense. Yep. But it would be stuff I wasn't good at. So subjects like science, like I said that I would get, or if it was not English, but sort of, if it was like Shakespeare, I'm okay now, but words I don't know from my dyslexia. So that would come into it as well. And having an asshole teacher that I'd be like, hey, I'm dyslexic this. And I'm like, okay, how about you read out loud? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, cause I'm not good with that. Like Darcy yeah. knows this. When we read stuff, I never, I don't get his story. So like our mini episodes, when we read people's stuff, I do have to look at it though, because I, I, I screw up words. I just have to look at it. I'll read it once and be okay. But there was things, yeah, obviously coping, like things that I try to do to hide things, Mm -hmm. obviously. So I was like, oh, I'm fine with this. I'm confident. I'm good. This is fine. And acting out and all of that stuff. But a hundred percent. Yeah. Like public speaking, like that's the thing when people are like, oh, public speaking, stand up. And to me, I'm like two different things. Right. Mm -hmm. To me, like doing an oral presentation on, I am know everything I'm talking about right now. I, and if I didn't, like of being going into when you get like hyper fixation. I, if I don't know everything, then I'm not good talking about that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Because I can be in a class and someone can ask me a question. I absolutely go blank. I can give you a 30 minute speech on this thing that I know very well. But if you ask me in front of a room full of people, no idea. I just mm. go like deer in headlights. I just want to melt into a chair and for everyone never to see me again. But with crowd work and stand up, I'm fine. <laughs> like I like that. I'm okay. Like, cause I'm just like, Oh, this is what we're having fun. This well, sometimes not if you get heckled, but that to me is fine. It's more on if I'm not like, what would it be? Not a perfect, like that, you know, not a professional. I don't know that like, you know, the most I can know about that. Like, do you guys ever find yourself trying to tone down you because of your ADHD in certain situations? Absolutely. I'm dying. I hope Darcy is because people hated before we were both diagnosed. You know what I'm saying, Darcy. We oh. would be at shows and we'd be like, like jazz to me. And people come over and we're like, hey, but then we'd be like, yeah, it's hard to keep up around us. Don't like being around you too. We're like, what? This is fun. But I tone down. Do you, Darcy? Like, I if I feel fun. I need to tone down, then unfortunately it just becomes disassociating. Where I'm yeah. just not. Oh, okay. I can't be myself. Then I'm shut off and I don't understand anything. I'll do like dead about. eyes, like this. Dead eyes. Oh <laughs> fuck yeah. We I I zone out a lot as it is. It's very easy for me to just be like. Even just like <laughs> while we're doing this, if you see that I'm fidgeting, it's because I'm, it helps me pay attention. So like I'm always doodling or I'm always like tapping my phone or doing other things. I, I can it. tell in his voice because we've been friends for so long. If he is out though, if he's dead yeah. eyes on the phone and we're not even do FaceTime, if he's like, yeah, okay. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I just said uh, I'm getting kicked out of my apartment. You're okay. okay with oh! <laughs> oh, you're getting a new apartment. Good to That's hear. That's fun. Uh, but yeah, we, you know, like, it's really hard, you know, like, we interrupt people because we need to get the thought out before it's gone. The other thing that I do that drives people crazy, and I, my dad does it as well, my lips move when people are talking to me 
because I'm focusing <laughs> so hard on what they're saying that I'm literally moving my lips. Uh, that is what you do. It's the it, worst, though. It, I don't mind it, but when you're doing an audition. <laughs> I do it acting all the time. Oh, my God. The amount of times a director will call cut and be like, your fucking lips are moving when they're talking to you. And it's and not like, like just, the lines. Yeah, I don't know the lines. I never know my own lines. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. My mom does that. If I've mm. ever, she'll be like, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Can we talk? This actually is a great segue. I always thought oh, that I was, your- just, yeah, this is great. I'm going to run. I always thought that I had hearing issues. My whole life, my parents always something with ADD. uh, Give me, but it's a focus thing. So, like when we watch TV, I have to have the subtitles on because Mm -hmm. I it was like, oh, I can't hear it. I can't hear the people. Oh my god, you're making me feel. I thought I needed a hearing aid. I'm not joking. I'm always like louder. my parents used to always say, like, my lips are moving because I can't hear them, and I'm, this is how I'm hearing them, and it's not. It's a it's an ADHD thing. It's got nothing okay. to do with my hearing. I've had my hearing tested, and I kept being like, but no, I can't <laughs> hear you when this is happening. And it's just the... To processing disorder? Processing mm-hmm. disorder. Oh, no, another one. <laughs> so all of your emails just going to be like 25 pages long if you print it out. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, oh, here's this, here's that. How do you guys feel that you that the energy changes with your ADHD around people? Do you think that it changes the energy of your group or... Yeah, I think we're kind of like, I'm a sponge for energy, so I will absorb the energy that people give me. And so a lot of my defense mechanism is to put out such a strong energy that I there's nothing's coming in because today I'm going to be in charge of how this room feels. Even just like we do these weekly Zooms with our friends where we hang out. And if I'm tired, it's a really boring Zoom for everybody. (laughs) You know, like if I just don't have, but if I'm like on and like kind of asking everyone questions about their week and we're playing games and stuff, it's a different feel. But yeah, for sure. You guys are killing me because now I'm like, oh my God, I totally do that. And I didn't, wasn't aware because I do that with my family too. That like, if I was like, "Mm, I'm tired today, I was like, it's kind of a lame day with my family. Welcome to the self-help ADHD podcast. Oh my God. (laughs) And then if I was like, this is in Mexico, I was dancing and I was pretending that I was at a rave and I was like, glow stick, glow stick and I was being like an idiot and my whole family was laughing except for one of them <laughs> and Darcy you know who what's up? and I afterwards I was like oh it's the same as you Darcy coming in with like it is big energy most of the time but I was like but you can't do that all the time you like you can't I mean no. just, you can't but yeah. no it's exhausting <laughs> Yeah, with being an emotional sponge, it is so hard as a nurse sometimes. I mean, Jane, you know, because you're an honorary nurse, right? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay, that is dangerous for people that don't follow our podcast. Jane likes to call call herself a a, uh, a nurse. She's such a good one, guys. She's such a good one. Go listen to their podcast. Uh, You'll get lots of nursing tips from her nursing name is also Toes, 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 Jane. Anyway, as a nurse emotional sponges like I think I sometimes wish that I could just like turn that off because if someone's having a I mean you know you deal with people dying or whatever I found myself crying over the death of someone more than a family member and I've had a co-worker who would say you need to pull yourself together you need to be strong for this person and I just don't know how to do it yeah. at all I don't know how to tone it down because whatever I take on all of that energy. 
Oh, for sure. Especially when it comes to grief, because there's two ways we deal with it. It's, you know, like, it's like we're losing our mind or object permanence where, you know, like, okay, that person I don't see anymore because they're dead and I don't think about it. Mm -hmm. I'm the worst to go to a funeral with. I am like the mother throwing myself on the coffin. Me too. It doesn't matter who's funeral it is it could be a total stranger and i'd be the the one crying the hardest but There's i also stuff don't. coming up when you guys are talking right now uh, <laughs> Jane, i've been saying this for a year that you still have a lot of work to put in a lot of self-reflection because don't it we does, all for sure it's always you know? a work in progress yeah. that's why uh, thank you it is but it like i'm saying like the more you kind of look at every kind of situation and how you reacted you can find the thread of ADHD mm-hmm. and go oh okay how do I learn for next time I'm really bad at grieving I lost my one of my best friends three years ago to cancer and it catches me off guard all the time like at least twice a year it'll like I'll see a picture of her or a Facebook memory and it is like she died the five minutes before because I haven't thought about it because I just, my brain just doesn't work like that, you know, like until it hits you like a fucking gut punch. Because mm-hmm. I would ask Darcy, sorry, about, I would say once a week and then every so often like, hey, how are you doing? He's like, good. Yeah, good. And I'm like, okay. Um, yeah. Like, because it's just, you've lost someone, you know what I mean? And like, you're, and yep, there's so. different stages of grief, but yeah, you're saying that, and I who literally books have, that stage. Uh, who books that stage? Can I get on it? Yeah, for Can sure. I get a gig? No, What's, the no, no. What's the pay? What's the pay? How big's the audience? The pay's not good. <laughs> the pay is death. Sorry, <laughs> just a little comedian humor there. What? There's a stage I don't know about. <laughs> Do you just put food in your mouth in the middle of a podcast? Jane. Well, that's quite all right. <laughs> That's all right, all right, all right. I've, I've been staring at them. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> ASMR, right? Yeah. So, Darcy, I know that your mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Is that yeah. right? And yeah. she's in remission now? She is. Uh, we don't use remission in Canada. Okay. She's doing cancer. okay. <laughs> she is. Uh, she has finished treatment and uh, her blood work and everything is very promising. So it's. she was diagnosed last February. She finished treatment in October. She did a really aggressive kind of treatment with it. And it was really intense. It was mm-hmm. a really hard year for us. It was a really hard year because the juxtaposition of everything that was happening for me and Jer, like on TikTok and just, you know, like with our career and stuff Mm -hmm. was really amazing. But, you know, the whole time we're quietly, secretly dealing with a lot of people don't know, but the reason we started producing so much content was because my mom loved watching it during her. Oh, I did know that. Oh, yeah. And it was just, it was our motivation of how are we going to make mom laugh today? So Uh, my my mom was diagnosed in March of 2020 with pancreatic cancer. And, mm. you know, that's a, that's a killer. A tough one. Yeah. So she did great and she went through all the things and she went into remission or whatever. She didn't have cancer. It was showing up in, I think, November of 2021. And then they found for it to be in her lungs mm-hmm. recently. So she's going through chemo and stuff I'm again. Sorry, yeah. She had a CT today and it showed that the nodules were growing. We were both very optimistic. So my question is with ADHD and these types of situations, how much do you find yourself like ruminating mm. when it comes to stuff this serious? Like is, do you it find was, ways to deal with it better? 
I, it's a tough one because, you know, like we are so easy to out of sight, out of mind it until it's in sight on a daily. It was mm-hmm. a really hard thing for me. Emotionally, I was very anxious and I found creatively I was putting out, you know, not only just with the content, but like with my writing, with my art in general, I was doing a lot of distraction stuff instead of just kind of being like, it's hard for us to not have control. Yep. Which is funny. And I'm in healthcare, so I especially want to have control over those things. Um, I don't really know what to tell you other than there is no right or wrong way to approach it. Uh, I think knowing that I was there physically and mentally and emotionally available for my mom and my dad and my brother and my sister and all of our family when needed I think probably sometimes I was a little annoying with how much I researched everything <laughs> uh, to be like, did you know about this? Did you know about that? Because the last thing a cancer patient, actually, especially after going through it with Ashley, a cancer patient is not interested in your tips. At they're not all. interested in your essential. <laughs> they're not interested. And I don't in your mean that in a mean way oils. at all. Yeah. It, and uh, I also did it with Darcy of like, hey, when my mom yeah. and then I heard and I'm like, sorry, I'll just yeah. see you know, yeah. how how's she doing? Because yeah. I was like, I did that to then Darcy of like, hey, do you know if it's mm-hmm. this? Because I'm sometimes a doctor. Um, but we're such well, you are a nurse, but I mean, <laughs> we're such helpful people, right? Like we just want to pour the yeah. knowledge that we have into so other people that can benefit from it. I think it's also just, you know, like finding actual, like tangible ways to help. So like, you know, one of the things that Jared and I did right away was like, we're going to have your dog because you guys don't have the energy to look after your puppy. So Mm -hmm. we're like, we'll take your dog. And then also like arranging, you know, who's delivering food to mom and dad. Because we're also doing this during the height of a pandemic where, you know, like when mom started chemo, we were in such lockdown up here that we couldn't go and see her. And then we didn't want to see her in case one of us accidentally had COVID. So it was like definitely finding ways that we could be you know, helpful in the material sense mm-hmm. uh, because we couldn't be helpful in the fact that, like, I'm not going to cure you of cancer. Yeah. Like I said, she was diagnosed in 2020 and I'm a nurse and rapid response nurse. So I go to COVID patients of who are course. decompensating. And I remember asking her when the diagnosis came and I was like, do I want to quit my job and just, I own a camper. Like I can pull up yeah. <laughs> and park in your yard. And her answer was no, people need you to take care of them. Like I'm good, mm. but they need you more than I do because they may not have the support, you know? So it's, man, the pandemic is a horrible time, oh, right? We kept saying that because, you know, like we're very lucky the services we have here in Canada, like, you know, right down to the fact that when my mom wanted a wig, you know, here's the department that will supply you with your wigs. Here's That's awesome. Especially something like breast cancer that attacks a woman's femininity yep. is very hard emotionally. Uh, here's the support groups. Here's the, you know, like, but the biggest thing was, you know, like, there's no bill at the end of our treatments here. And mm-hmm. we kept saying to each other this whole time, like, there's a single mother out there that is working while doing these treatments because she has to, knowing that she's going to be fifty, sixty thousand dollars in debt, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that just broke our heart. And so it kept like, my parents have always raised us with the glass is half full and you got to find out why it's half full to oh, make it. Yeah. So my mom was always just like, this sucks for me. This is emotionally, physically draining, but they're, you know, like we're so blessed. We're so grateful. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I am such a fan of socialized medicine, especially working in healthcare. And I tell, 
I think that my parents have kind of come along with that because they are Trump-licans. I do not. I know it's so hard because I am just (laughs) the opposite. (laughs) I'm all about social justice and like, let's find out people are oppressed. What can we do to fix it? But I think that they too have seen like you shouldn't have an issue with living because you can't afford it as well as the next Healthcare is a human right. Yeah, yeah, it really human is. Right. Yeah. The thing I, I and for this is more for American listeners, obviously. People don't understand like how vastly different politi- politics are in our country. If as an example, if Barack Obama or Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton, if any one of them were running for office in Canada, they would fall under the conservative platform. They would fall under mm-hmm. the far right. That's how vastly different we are. They would it's be also, they would be add- Republican in our country. It's not Canadian is this. Hey, or no, Americans. Hey, Darcy, who did you vote for? Most Canadians don't tell people who they vote for. You do not do that at all. I do because of our platform. Like I've always talked about it. But I'm saying like Uh, when I've been away and Americans were like, who'd you vote for? I'm like, what? I'm Canadian. And they're like, I voted for this. I'm like, okay, cool. Like it's to me of like, okay. You guys did an episode with someone who actually talked about healthcare and the Guy Brenham. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, but he was from the U.S., but he knew yeah. a lot about Canadian history. Oh, yeah. He's just a and he, brilliant man. he talked about the Canadian flag. Yeah. 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 And I learned so much during that podcast about healthcare in Canada as well. Just mind blowing. I love that episode. So good. That's so funny because Jane and I argue about that episode all the time. She didn't <laughs> like it. I loved I it. I did. I like it. it. I didn't love it. it well you didn't love it because we didn't talk about high school but i personally love all the episodes where we, we don't talk did. about high school <laughs> a lot yeah all right so one of the last questions because i know we're we're going over and i want you guys to be able to go back to all your things speaking um, of healthcare, i have an eye doctor appointment in 45 minutes so, ah, okay uh, last question how do you think that adhd affects your creativity because you both are just brilliant whenever it comes to comedy i love you both and as well as your productivity the dopamine rush of being funny there's no drug better than getting instant reaction like my favorite thing in the world when we're doing the podcast is watching jane burst out laughing when i say something funny because it's like ding there's a dopamine rush next ding ding productivity wise it's really difficult it depends on the day it depends on what i've eaten it's depend on how i've slept it's depend on if i exercise there's so many variables it depends on if you tell me i have to do something by a certain day <laughs> guess what's not happening that so learning like you know my agents know not to give me hard deadlines my chair knows that things in the calendar can float as so you know like jared's especially now that he's off work he's come mm-hmm. he's quit his corporate job and he's working with me full-time you know, we have these to-do lists all like he's got our tasks and stuff. And I had to explain to him like day one, I was like, a lot of these are going to stay on this today list for tomorrow. And you got to be okay with that. Cause mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to get to all those things. I'm going to get to the thing that's going to give me the dopamine. And then if I have energy afterwards, sure. We'll get to it. Does that make sense? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what about you, Jane? Can we repeat the question again? <laughs> I will always repeat the question for you. <laughs> How does your ADHD affect your creativity and your productivity? I think similar to Darcy, I if I am into something, I can go deep of the hyperfixation, like and get in there. And the same with laughter as stuff has changed. Like I love nothing more 
when we will laugh our heads off, right? Just when he was answering that question, it made me laugh so hard. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of stuff. And yeah, I love that my my medication's like going. <laughs> Productivity, it's less. I mean, I try to keep on it, but I'm not as hard as I used to be, I feel, since I've understanding more and I need to understand more about it. But taking the medication, I can do the best I can do today you yourself grace. um yeah because mm-hmm. i used to really especially with the lists i'm a dark i have so many lists still like notes and lists and then reminders on my calendar and like this and this and this and sometimes going whoa settle down you know what i mean like <laughs> do this i don't have to do this 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 and then a late thing that was something too that i didn't like i was late and darcy literally like all the time darcy knows that like I was late always and mm-hmm. and it's, it's as if it's comes off to that person like that I'm being a dick of like my time's more important than yours and it wasn't it was like oh it's two o'clock I can get to Darcy's in probably 10 minutes well no I can't it's literally 30 to 40 minutes but in my head I was like I time can get blindness. there I'll leave time I'm, blindness man I'm universe. the opposite That's- I'm always painfully early it always blew the clubs away when I'd show up <laughs> before the doors opened because yeah. I'm like I have to be here on time or my yeah. anxiety's gonna be through the roof <laughs> <laughs> if you guys could give one tip or words of encouragement to other people who are dealing with ADHD, what would it be? What's your token you're going to leave behind? My tip would be if you have access to finding a coach, specifically an ADHD coach, even just for one session, treat yourself because it's like getting a bowl of ice cream. Like there, it's (laughs) just, it gives you so much, it, it rewards you. But my biggest thing is forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Like, cause it's not your fault and it's something that you can work towards, but you don't need to pile more self hate onto yourself that ADHD is already going to make you do. Based on social constructs, like Based we're, on social we're, constructs. we're piling that on ourselves because society tells us that we should. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Society is built for neurotypicals. We just have to exist around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the power is in our hands more than ever to kind of make those changes. What about you, Jane? I would say when you were asking the question, I'd say research as much as you can as well. And what Darcy said, forgive yourself because that's. I've really done not as hard as I used to be on myself. And it's just like, that's the thing too. You're doing the best you can along with everyone else. Mm -hmm. You're doing the best you can. And so I snapped at Darcy. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to phone him and say, Hey, I'm sorry. Um, I stubbed my toe and I took it out. You know, (laughs) like it's that. You didn't put the mushrooms between my mattress. (laughs) It's that. I would say research. And then if you can find someone like Darcy was saying, a coach is amazing. Also of not a, but like, yeah, if you can talk to someone about it, that's not just a coach. Like I do have Darcy (laughs) and he does charge me, but (laughs) have someone to talk to, I think is great too. Like that you're, friends with or zoom with is an it's amazing this podcast to listen to because i was listening to it like it's information that's gonna help information is there the information is there and you just you have to look at it like you're treating yourself you're not like not treating yourself medically i mean like it's a joy to learn about this Mm -hmm. because it's just gonna help you understand yourself more and there's so many more things like there's beauty and knowledge you this, know, this, and, yeah. yeah. And beauty um, and ADHD. I mean, we're oh creative. God, we think outside it, of the box. Like, we yeah. have so much 
that could benefit our world and society. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think it's really important that we have these conversations because uh, I'll tell you, I've never been happier. And Mm -hmm. uh, owning who I am has helped me find that happiness. You know, there's times I'm going to be mad at myself. There's times you're going to be mad at yourself. But uh, the general rule should be that uh, you are working with your brain to achieve happiness. And embrace it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank y'all so much for taking the time out of your day to be on this podcast and to help the listeners who listen to the Neurodivergent Nurse quick. I mean, I know that we talked about High School Suck Podcast. Where can people find each of you? Jane, you want to list off your 15 usernames? Sure. Toast, toast, Do toast, it. Jane. Thank you. <laughs> the Jane Stanton on Instagram, MySpace. I'm really, I'm blowing up. I'm, I don't want to brag, but I'm blowing up on MySpace. Uh, Facebook is Jane the Stanton. I got weird. No, anyway. no. <laughs> my website is the Jane Stanton. I'm doing better, Darcy. Yeah, you know, and uh, Darcy, where can people find you? I'm at the Darcy My. Michael on all social media. Ooh, if you brandy. can't find, if you don't see that blue check mark, it ain't me. <laughs> well, I'm going to post, I mean, obviously all of your links in the show notes and stuff. So to just make it a little bit easier for all the people who want to find both of you, but thank you again so much for helping out this like little old me and this podcast. Oh, thank you. And thanks for doing what you're doing. You know, first of all, we love a nurse in this house because you are (laughs) the front line and we'd be nowhere without you. You already have one. Yeah. Thank you. No, I've got got a lot of nurses in my life, but we love you, even though you guys have filthy sense of humor. Oh, boy, do we. You just didn't get to hear it today. If you would like to contribute to this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the neurodivergent nurse, where you can get exclusive bonus episode, script of the show prior to the release, uncut video interviews of the guests, input on upcoming shows and ideas, and even more. Also, be sure to follow the neurodivergent nurse on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with someone that you think could also benefit from the neurodivergent nurse. And go ahead while you have time and while you're thinking about it and rate it and leave a review five stars on your favorite listening platform so that other people can find the show easily as well and i hope you have a wonderful week and i can't wait to talk to you again